Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! We're back, we're back, we're back. Episode 99 of Silver and Gold. I'm the Loaf, and with me, Dr. Zom. And the Bren. Sparky. Yeah. So the we Zom wasn't sure if he was making it on this week, uh, so we got the Bren to step in, but uh, Zom's internet ended up working after all. But we once we had our grasp on him, we weren't going to let him go. So Mr. Hamicus himself is joining us today to review a couple of films with Mad Max and Crazy Klaus, Crazy Kinski. We're doing The Creature with the Blue Hand and The Night Visitor. Gentlemen, how are you? Zom, I guess you could talk first. (laughs) I am magnificent. Magnificent. Bryn, how are you, sir? The voice depressed and on the dole. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm all right. Uh, <laughs> um, yep. So uh, yeah, we got a show and stuff and stuff and uh, I think we might be on a little bit of a time crunch. We have a little little monster with an iPad waiting to to munch on things. So uh, got to work around it. We're gonna do it. It's gonna be good. He's in the closet right now. Um, <laughs> all this sounds sexual, and I want to make comments, but I'm not going to. Nom 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 nom. Um, so, uh, we're going to do like the gentleman as usual and, um, let our guest talk about some things he's been watching this week. If he has such a list in his possession, I do have a list and my list begins with the Lone Ranger. Uh Oh, Um, you know, (laughs) I like what I like Westerns and, you know, I thought it'd be cool to go and see this bloody thing and, and, uh, it was pretty bad. You know, you've got um, Johnny Depp doing his usual uh, scary eyes. Uh, mm. You know, basically he came up with a character, which was Edward Scissorhands, and then he just changed his costumes <laughs> every film, you know. Um, mm. And, you know, the the final sequence was decent enough, but it was probably only because they played the, the Lone Ranger theme tune, you know, uh, on a loop. So right. I was excited for that. But, <laughs> uh, you know, other than that, pretty poor. But um, William Fickner and Barry Pepper were uh, the best of the bunch, so that was good. Good, good, good job. Hey, you've seen it now. I've not seen it. it. It the the trailer, which this is probably a reason I review, I, I avoid most of them. But um, the trailer did nothing for me at all, so it made me not want to really want to see it. Yeah, well, it was filmed. It was filmed here in Utah, so there's a lot of a lot of my mates were extras, so I got a like a bit of a worse worse Wally. Sort of moment trying oh, to pick cool. the crowd. So, but um, 
Basically, if you had a beard, you could be an extra. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What about a handlebar uh, mustache? Yeah, yeah. You would have had pride of place yeah. at, the front, at the front of the crowd. I'm in. Yeah, uh, shit. Yeah, so. You could have been in Jonah Hex. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Gentleman's <laughs> Guide to Midnight Cinema. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit with my little man, my wee man Charlie. Uh, it came up on, on Instant Watch. There was a great, uh, you know, HD print of it, and I haven't seen it in a long, long time. Uh, but I didn't get the freeze frame with the... <laughs> the Jessica uh, Rabbit. Yeah, the Jessica Rabbit uh, <laughs> list part. So I, uh, I still can't say whether that uh, exists or not. But in the HD, you know, you, hmm. that'd be a good, a good one to see. Because um, I do quite like, you know, it, it's, I'm ashamed to say that one of my favorite uh, cartoon character fancying is the the female animaniac <laughs> you know she did a bit made a little tingle in my pants back in the days so what <laughs> come on <laughs> what kind of show is this <laughs> this is a classy this is a classy um, adventure then sir. i did the be- yeah uh and then i did the beguiled with clint eastwood which made me think i posted it on the Facebook page that the women in the Begal treat Clint just a little bit better than I think the women are treating Zom these days. <laughs> Sorry, Zom. Mm. Uh, then, <laughs> auto- <laughs> uh, then autofocus, Paul Schrader, about uh, good old what's his face? What's his name? Oh yeah, what's that guy's name? Is it uh, is it Kinnear? Is he was in that? Yeah, Roy Kinnear yeah. and uh, and Willem Dafoe, but Bob Crane, Bob Crane, um, making porn and stuff. So, and then getting murdered. It was a good one. <laughs> Sorry for the spoiler, but uh, but it was one of one of uh, top notch, top notch work, you know. Um, then sunshine, with Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle is fast rocketing up to be one of my favorite directors. You know, few people can jump between genres as well as he can. You know, but sunshine is a really that was a good one. I, I saw it at Big Lots this week. There was lots of copies of it. Yeah, you should get it. The um, Killian Murphy, like, Killian oh, okay. Murphy, and then a lot of like other like uh, Captain America's in it as well. You've seen that Zom? It's the one where they they're flying to the sun to kind of reignite yes, it. Yes, I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, really yeah. liked that one. Yeah. I forgot what it was called. It yeah, was there's good. there was a review on IMDb of some fella saying, you know, he he really loved the film, but now he can't watch it because not one, never once in the film does someone turn to the camera and say, "It's daylight savings time." <laughs> Uh, which was a complete missed opportunity. Um, but there's lots of, lots of great people in it. Loads of, and you'll, you'll notice, that you'll recognize them from, from other stuff. But it is a brilliant film, like, even when it does turn into Event Horizon. You know? Yeah, but, um, yeah. That's what I was just going to say. It reminded me a lot of Event Horizon. Yeah. The, um, the commentaries are great. you got a great Danny Boyle one, and then one with Brian Cox. Not, not Brian Cox, the actor, but the, the physicist. From from Britain, you make you guys might not know him, but he he does like all the science shows. Huh. He's a young fella, you know, so he talks all about the science of it, and it's a it's really top top quality stuff. Science and cocks. <laughs> and if you are interested in science, I know we're all interested in cocks, but if you want a bit of science <laughs> in the mix, uh, he does a lot of TED talks, and oh, cool. uh, it'll open your mind as well as your fly. <laughs> um, what? What? So, the film center here has started doing outdoor screenings on Monday nights. It's great with the summer. You get the old, uh, blanket out and have a picnic and have some crackers and cheese. And they're doing um, a season of film noir. 
Mm. And they kicked off there with the third man last week, which was, uh, you know, it's a, it's it's sort of dated filmmaking, but you still can't beat Orson Welles, you know, when he turns up and starts smiling at people and being Orson Welles. I like it's, that one. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. It is, it, you know, it's pretty dark that he's, he's stealing penicillin from children. <laughs> and they're all dying, you know, it's... It's, no, it's capitalism. You can't look at it like that. You know, it's business. It's <laughs> yeah. not personal. <laughs> yep. Um, then another, uh, a great little, what do you call it when something's crap but you enjoy it? Oh, so bad it's uh, good. A, guilt, or, yeah. a guilty Animal pleasure. <laughs> a guilty pleasure. A uh, guilty pleasure. Uh, there you go. Uh, Space Cowboys with uh, Clint and all the all the old fellows. I've never seen that one. It's a good one. You know. That. Yeah, it's a good one that they go off to this go go off to space and fix everything. <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones just, is being good. I was just reading about that in James Garner's biography, and I guess um, when Garner was, you know, the star of the TV show Maverick, uh, Clint, before he was known, was on there and played a, a, a heel, and so then I guess uh, he saw Clint somewhere, you know. 30, 40 years later or whatever, and he goes, you know, we, we should work more than once every so many years, and Clint actually did that movie, or wrote, I don't know if he wrote it, but I mean, he came up with the concept of that movie just because he wanted to work with Garner, supposedly, nice. again. Well, it's a good film, you know, the uh, nice, you know, just good all-around charisma with all the guys. You know, James Garner doesn't really get to do much. He's like, the, must have been sick at the time, but he's sort of just in yeah. the background. But uh, a big, it's good to see. But yeah, they had. Yeah, they 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 sort of capitalize on that that he can't fit into yeah. the space suit and stuff. <laughs> he um, he ta- apparently he he must have a sense of humor about the size of his ass because he ta- he jokes a lot about his big butt. That's funny. Unlike Dan Aykroyd, who can't. Really oh, Dan Aykroyd has a fat ass too. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what sort of diet you need to go on to to get to to, to accentuate that part of your body. Only target the ass. Yeah, yeah. you know, seven minute arse inflation. <laughs> it's genetics, man. Um, Born with yeah. a great with great genetics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then I did the the best TV show that's on that it was on TV, fucking ever is the Shadow Line, British oh, sort right. of. Police show, um, and I sent you. A, I sent you the first episode, Zom. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Like you should watch this fucking thing because it is so fucking good. You know, it's better uh, Night Court. July. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to go find that song again? It's uh, Christopher Eccleston, Chesterfor, however you pronounce his name, and a lot of other people. But it is fucking great stuff. Stephen Ray as well. You know, seven episodes are long, and you'll. You'll not, um, you'll not regret spending seven hours of your life watching that. The Shadow Line. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Killing Zoe, which is one of the better Tarantino ripoffs. Good, good old Eric Stoltz. Did Tarantino work on that? Did he do something with he that? He produced it. Okay. He came, it came up as a, as he produced it. And, um, so you got Eric Stoltz shagging some prostitute and then robbing a bank. And lo and behold, she's one of the tellers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, when it's, Stoltz was trying to break out of his uh, his uh, not stereotype, but uh, you know he always plays the good, clean cut, good good guy, 
whatever, and he kind of went long and hairy and tried to be tried to be a badass. But yeah. I don't know if it worked or not. Not a bad what's movie. That one, what's the one where he's a pedophile in the basement? <sighs> I haven't, uh, not one that I've seen. Is it is it mask with share? <laughs> yeah, that's how it's. <laughs> uh, oh. No, it's it's, a, um, it's that one with Ashton Kutcher. Oh, uh, he was in Butterfly Effect. I avoid effect. Ashton Kutcher films. Is it Butterfly Effect? Yeah, I, yeah, 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 Butterfly okay. Effect. Yeah, and that's the whole the whole stem of it is they're trying to forget that. That's oh. the terrible thing. But I know in the director's cut of that, uh, he ends up going back so far in time that he goes into his into the womb and he hangs himself with his umbilical cord. Because <laughs> he's had no, but deliberately because he's had so many traumatic events in his life, and he just decides to end it all. Yeah, Zom, Zom's had about eight what's already. <laughs> um, then I did the Purge, which was pretty shit. Well, uh, I like those filmmakers. You know, they're good. They make a film for like a hundred grand or one hundred fifty, and they put Ethan Hawke in it, and it gets creepy. But that the one sinister, whatever it was. With the guy that the the juggalo, insane clown posse guy, <laughs> who was just in videos of killing children with his super eight camera, that was good. Charlie does Charlie does a mean cockatiel impersonation. Yes. Well, that's the other that that's going to tie into the films later on too. <laughs> yes, and it bird, does. The bird heard juggalo and just started going berserk. <laughs> 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 fucking birds. Um, <laughs> which brings because my bird's named after Tesla. And it was Tesla's birthday this week. There you go. Uh, then I did 127 hours, yeah. which I hadn't seen before. And uh, we all know the story, but the fellow was an idiot and had to cut his arm off. Ooh. They, um, joke, they joke about that in uh, that, that movie in uh, This Is The End. Do they? Yeah, they, well, they make fun of Franco for that movie at one part. Oh, what did they say? I, saw that. I don't. I don't remember. You need. You, you should see that movie. It's. 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 Just I, I did saw it. I did. I did. But oh, I you did. Know. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was right near the beginning, and they said something about 127 hours because he. It was something about him keeping all the props from his all of his movies. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, you know, it was decent again. Danny Boyle, you know, making something interesting. Mm-hmm. Just watching some fella with his arm on a rock for an hour. Um, then Cyrus with Jonah Hill. I heard him on. Uh, what the fuck this week when he was talking about his films and I like uh, John C. Riley and, and I hadn't, I'd kept away from it because of Jonah Hill but you know he started doing some good jobs good work in his, in his serious roles that um, one was pretty good I saw that in the theater yeah I, it was disappointing that What's Her Face didn't get her jugs out though she normally <laughs> likes to yeah especially you know there was perfect perfect opportunity for it you know yes. if she would walking around naked and to show the the dysfunctional relationship with the with her son. So. Then I finalized, I finalized the week with Pacific Rim. Uh-oh. Which was just monsters hitting robots, basically. And? <laughs> you know, it was, it was good for pop. If you go and see it, go and see it in the IMAX or go and see it in the D-Box, okay. you know, to enhance the experience. But it really, I, I couldn't get in because it was so digital, oh. you know? And uh, so... You know, and all of us, us guys, we want to just see some fella in a suit. I'd rather see people in suits punching each other, you know? Um, yeah. And there were so many. It was very, like, it's always dark and there's rain and there's the sea splashing around. So you can't really see what's happening. And um, 
the scenes that would have been really cool if they hadn't spoiled them in the fucking advert, you know, uh, which I don't want to spoil now unless everyone wants right. to. I, I don't know that I've seen that, that commercial, so I don't know. Yeah, well, there's 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 one of the best bits that you see in the commercial, and okay. then I, I when I saw it in the film, I thought, oh, there's that part. Wait, uh, is it is it the is it the it does it have to do with a large boat? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And okay. but then again, you know, I saw it in the commercial, and I thought that's cool, and I still would if it had happened in the film, I would have said that's cool. <laughs> so but since you'd seen it before, you didn't say. Yeah. Um, that's cool. But your man, Edris Elba, was top-notch. And uh, I like Edris Elba because his name's easier to say than the other fella, Chet the Phil for And they sort of go up for the same role, so I'd rather say Edris Elba in his role so I don't have to try and massacre the guy's name. But uh, I was disappointed that they didn't have an Irish robot. An know? Irish robot? Yeah. Wait, they do the robots speak? No. Oh. Well, they've got people inside the robots and they speak. Oh. But the robots are all from all the different countries. Uh, oh, I see. Okay. Oh, and, oh. and they protect their own country, but then when things get even worse, then they have to forget the world's troubles and come together. Oh, but that's the only cute. Ones, <laughs> the only ones that are left at this stage is America, obviously. Yeah, uh, fuck yeah. And uh, Russia. The Russians never speak, Boo. but the Russians do have the coolest Boo. fucking robot. It's just sort of put together, with, but it's, it's really cool. And then they've got an Australian one. And a Chinese one. But the Russians and the Chinese get destroyed in the first fight. Sorry for the spoilers. And then it just comes down to America to save the day. Yeah, America. As America. As usual. Yeah. As usual. So, that's you're, all I'm You're welcome, to. Australia and Russia. Yeah. Come on again to save the motherfucking day, y'all. Zom, what have you been watching this week? Shit. I didn't watch a lot. Go through it. Uh, watched uh, on the waterfront, Ilya Kazan, and this starred Marlon Brando, and uh, love this movie. Probably, maybe my number one movie. Uh, I can't decide between that and The Hustler. But uh, one thing about this movie this time that I want to talk about uh, is it has a lot of good thugs in it. Uh, he must have went out and filmed uh, every ex-boxer, wrestler, whatever to play the <laughs> mafia guys, and they are good thugs. Good thug faces. Good, ugly ugly men. Was... Oh, what? Ugly uh, men, yeah. The hustlers no, not ugly. Oh, Thuggish. not ugly. Uh-oh. What happened? I don't know. Everyone was just waiting for someone to talk. Oh, shit. <laughs> Next thing I watched was... Dead Man Down with Colin Farrell and Numi Rapace. And uh, I have come to find that um, her... Did somebody just kick off? Is everybody still there? We're still here. I said I I liked it. Okay. Um, (laughs) She, like... uh, when she gets mad, it's like, we were so wrong. We were so wrong. I don't know what to do. We are so wrong. And she does that in this one, too. Um, But um, it's not, not great. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it was apparently produced by WWE. They have decided to uh, not just make movies with wrestlers, although it does have some wrestler in it. Uh, that Justin and uh, somebody else pointed out. I think it's Wade Barrett or somebody, something like that. I don't know him, so I you'd, mean, I you'd re- you'd really like his character. Now he pl- he plays this like uh, nationalist teabagger now in WWE. <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that. Oh, and Dirty Dutch uh, Mantel is his uh, is his manager. Dutch Mantel, baby. Although he has a different uh, name now. So what the fuck did I write down here? What is that? 
What? Oh, God, I'm going to have to. I actually cannot read my own writing, so I'm <laughs> going to have to get back. Oh, Maniac. Oh, there you go. I thought it said, I thought it, said it was like Mania. Okay, this was Joe Spinell, and uh, I watched it again, and it, it sufficiently creeped me out again to the point where when it got close to the end, I just didn't give a shit. Um, I do find that uh, <laughs> there are some stuff in it that's kind of, they 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 kind of stretch it a little bit when he just shows up at some girl's apartment and is like yes i saw you with this uh thing and uh and uh would you know and he and he comes in oh are these your paintings and everything and this this woman he looks like joe spinell he looks like shit and and she's he's a total stranger but she's just so enamored with him that she goes out with him and all this and that it's like wow um let's see watch rumblefish uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Tom, Tom, what about the remake? Yeah, Have yeah. you seen the remake of Rumblefish? Of the Maniac. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no! I haven't. Uh, That's a. Uh, uh, who's in that? Elijah Frodo. Wood. It's Elijah Wood. Okay, yeah, Frodo. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I would watch it. I, I, well, I like this one. Watch this one just because GGTMC covered it and Spinell. They made it interesting enough for me to watch it twice uh, just because I want to see Spinell act weird and fat and gross. <laughs> um, sweaty. Sweaty. Ugh, when he's in his apartment. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> Fucking boxer shorts pulled up to his goddamn nipples. <laughs> um, Rumblefish, I thought was really good. Um I've seen this a bunch of times, uh, but um, I just, you know, it's superior filmmaking, I would say, and it has a, it has a really great cast, uh, and I love, I love just William Smith is one of these guys that, I mean, he didn't have a huge part in this, he plays the the cop, but I just like watching him and everything, so whatever. Uh, then I went down the S.E. Hinton war, uh, rabbit hole again, and I watched The Outsiders. Now, after I watched Rumblefish first, then I watched The Outsiders. And The Outsiders has become, I mean, it's like a, it's a classic because it has so many people in it. And da, 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 da. But it seems so sappy and um, compared to, like, Rumblefish. Hmm. Uh, and... Um, I'm not sure, but I think Ponyboy Curtis uh, might have been a little light in the loafers. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, who? And Matt Dillon. Huh? Who was light in loafers? Ponyboy Curtis was a little too oh. emotional. <laughs> and when, when, see, I didn't know for years and years and years that Essie Hinton was a woman until Sammy said that. And now I can see it in the writing because I was like, okay, listen. Ponyboy was, a, I mean, it, uh, I think he was S.E. Hinton, and S.E. Hinton was a woman, so she doesn't understand dudes. Uh, we're going to do this for Johnny, man. We're going to do this for Johnny. Anyway, and then this morning, I watched uh, Le Circle Rouge. Uh, the, I had the criterion of that, and I had never even opened it. Uh, Goddamn, this movie looks so fucking good. Mm-hmm. I mean, every fucking shot... When you're watching on uh, the the big screen TV, you could you could screen capture every shot, put it in a frame, and hang it on your fucking wall. That's <laughs> I mean that's how good it looks. Great fucking movie. Uh, now um, I also watched. God damn it! <laughs> I just said God damn it right when. Um, I watched. Uh, I started watching 
Charles Bronson actually, uh, when he first started, was on a TV show. He had his own TV show. Uh, and it was called, oh, Jesus, he plays a, um, a photographer. Uh, God, I can't even remember the name of it now. <laughs> you posted a link to even watch the episodes. Well, I know I did. God damn it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so um, Chuck um, had a TV show. He plays a, a reporter. And it's only like a half an hour each episode, but he gets into – he's always trying to get this shot that he can't get. Mm-hmm. And the first episode, um, there's a, a professional boxer who's supposed to be a real asshole. And all the photographers that try and take pictures of him, he has like this big big uh, bodyguard that like kicks him out or beats him up and everything. So Bronson has to – he knows the guy. And the guy ends up being Tom Laughlin who played Billy Jack in fucking Billy Jack and every other Billy Jack movie. Uh so it's not bad because you sit there and watch it and you think to yourself, you know, how the fuck did – you know, Charles Bronson has a really good look. But, you know, I can't fathom how somebody looked at him and said, you know, we should give him a lead in a TV show. Because he's like, look, what do you think you're trying to do? You know, I'm trying to take this picture. You're being a dick. And I'm like, what the fuck, you know? But he must have been on the casting couch or something. I don't know. Yeah. And you know what? Let me tell you something, people. Uh, I have read two books now uh, and um, and saw an interview with another guy. It says three different actors uh, who did not have favorable things to say about Charles Bronson, including James Garner. Mm-hmm. And in James Garner's book, he even says, I rarely – ever say anything bad about anybody that I work with uh, and he related some stuff about Charles Bronson and you know that Charles Bronson is just kind of a prima donna and a dick the movie or the TV show was called Man with a Camera Okay. and uh, I think Paul Coslow on uh, Mr. Majestic said Charles Bronson was a dick and a prima donna and a real uh, just an asshole and there was somebody else who said that Shit. Uh, I can't remember who it was. But anyway, so that might boost your bubble about Charles Bronson. Meh. Uh, and I watched some wrestling. I watched uh, the Ric Flair shoot interview, which is like four fucking parts. He needed the money, so he sat down with these guys for like, Jesus Christ, things probably about eight hours long. It's really good because he covers like all the old, from the beginning of his career when he trained, all through the old Mid Atlantic stuff, all the way through uh, the when the when the shoot first starts, he's got a big black eye. Because he got, he was drunk and got in a fight with his uh, daughter and her, either husband or boyfriend. Jesus, and um, which is it's just pathetic. I watched the big Dick Dudley shoot interview, who is now dead. Uh, the Harris twins shoot interview, who were the uh, Blues Brothers or Bruise Brothers, uh, and Sid Vicious. And I watched, I found a DVD of old Pacific Northwest stuff, which has uh, love will appreciate this. A lot of Roddy Piper before he was uh, famous when he and wore Buddy the Rose when and, he wore the plaid tights. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's good stuff. Rick Martell's on there when he was really young. Uh, the Cheap Herders. Uh, Easy Ed Wiskowski was Buddy Rose's tag team partner, who later became Colonel De Beers. They that's used all to, I have. I didn't they, have one. They used to team up too, right? Martell and Piper. Yeah, they were they yeah. were a tag team at that time. Yeah. Speaking of Piper and Flair, I watched the wife swap episode this week with the two of them. Oh God! Did they swap wives? <laughs> they did. Well, Ric Flair's oh. not married right now. He's ma- he's he's living with his girlfriend, who has three younger kids. Well. 
Yeah, they're all younger. I think the oldest is like 14. After five times, he decided not to marry this one. Well, they, they'll probably get married. But, uh, you know, you could tell it's kind of played up. He still lives in Charlotte, which I was... I, I mean, I figured that, but I didn't figure he lived in like a super nice house anymore. But he's still, at least the way they portray him in this, spending money like fucking crazy. Um, yeah. I didn't know. I learned from this that him and Piper have actually been friends for, you know, over 30 years and that Piper was yeah, the best man. Piper in his, was his best friend. Yeah. in his first wedding. So it was kind of cool seeing, you know, cause they, she didn't know. I mean, she might've known, but you know, when Kitty goes from Portland to Charlotte, I mean, she probably could have guessed, but when she got there, she's like, Oh my God, I'm in Ric Flair's house. And just the, like the two of them, you could tell they hadn't seen each other for a really long time. So that was pretty cool seeing them get to hang out and, uh, Piper's house is pretty shitty. He's got some really ugly tile in his kitchen and uh, <laughs> some vinyl tile. Like his house just looks. He spent kinda... all his uh, all his house money on cocaine. <laughs> well, he must still have money because Ric Flair's girlfriend is part of the hurt when they do the. Have you ever seen Wife Swap? Have you, either of you guys? Uh, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. In, <laughs> in this show, what they do, it's like when the wives first get there, they follow the original wife's rules for a couple days, and then they get to make their own rules. So. When Ric Flair's girlfriend met, got to make her rules, she was like, you're taking us out to eat, you're taking us shopping, and all this stuff. And fucking, they went out clothes shopping, and the bill was $8,900 for, for, for the four of them. I was like, Jesus Christ! But it, Piper was really hamming it up, because he was doing like this, like, like putting his head in his hands. <laughs> I, I have seen wife swap videos. <laughs> yeah, not quite the same, although that would have been interesting. They were good, too. Um, it, it was a it was a pretty good episode. I mean, you know, it's it was it was kind of cool seeing them on the screen and uh, Piper doing family uh, family night doing watching a movie. He always lays on the floor and like scratches the cat's belly and stuff, which is kind of funny seeing Rowdy Roddy Piper with a gut laying around on the floor watching shitty TV. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I watched another a couple more TV things I watched this week. I started watching Star Trek: Next Generation. And I started watching X-Files, two shows I've never watched before, so I was revisiting the 90s. Well, Star Trek started in the 80s, but um, so far, so good. I watched a couple episodes of both, so I'll probably continue with that. They're both on Netflix, so I don't know why they just Does avoid... Does X-Files creep you out? Is it, is nah. It well, well, not so far. It's the, the first couple episodes. It was um, Pacific Northwest. There was like kids that were getting these like weird little little double like vampire bites on their backs and they just show up and they dead. find out that it's Roddy Piper and they find out Roddy Piper's coming off his mountain house and just biting people <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, <laughs> kind of like UFO type story with Duchovny sneaking into a military base in Idaho so it's pretty cool and then Star Trek the first like the Q episodes with uh, the guy that directs always, he always seems to have ridiculous costumes my brother used to watch it a lot so I'm kind of familiar more with that show Anyway, movies I watched this week. Here, um, so how did like with Gillian Anderson in X Files? Mm -hmm. I can never understand how she became such a sex symbol. She was you know, pretty nerds. Nerds love her. Yeah, but it was between her and uh, Carrie, Katie Hatcher, Ter Terry Hatcher, and Superman. Oh yeah, and I remember them being like it was always like they were the most searched for girls online. Back in the days, and I could never, I never, neither of them uh, floated my boat. In, in the very first episode, she's afraid that she got the double bite on her back or whatever it was, and uh, she gets Duchovny to come in and look at it, and like they're showing her in bra and panties, like all out in the first episode. So mm. they're, they're, they were already pushing at first, I and mean, she had a ni very nice figure and stuff. And you know, the, the, if nerds, 
if ner- nerds or geeks, whatever, watching TV, see that, you know, especially in oh, what, 1992, yeah. that's yeah. gonna that's gonna work. So, um, well, I say you don't look at the mantelpiece when you're poking the fire. It's strange because Gillian Anderson now she's just stuck in Belfast all the time, and she um, she just makes shitty films about the IRA. Is she is she Irish? No, she okay. might be. She might pretend she is, but she's not. Yeah. From I there, just but. <laughs> some, somebody <laughs> no, posted she, but this. She, that's all she does now is make shitty fucking films over there. I'm curious if this works. This uh, hang on. Nope, I don't think it's gonna work. She. Oh, <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> she. So this is a but. This is s s s h i i i i t dot com. It's just a button you press. She. <laughs> okay, um, movies I watched this week. Um, uh, Large William found this one, Legion of Iron, on uh, YouTube. The uh, the secret magical uh, pixie dust place has a much better version of it. Um, Legion of Iron is a high school football player kidnapped and forced to fight in this underground thing where people bet, and it is like a looks like it has about a three thousand dollar budget, and it is pretty amazingly bad. Um, <laughs> Lots of machine gun fire. There's a fucking hang glider in it. Well, we we were contemplating what it was actually called, and I actually remembered. It's called an ultralight, so it's kind of a, a hang glider with a motor. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous. Um, if you like crappy action movies, um, definitely check out Legion of Iron. William will not large Willie did not steer you wrong on that one. Um, Ninja Vengeance is another one I watched. Another shitty. Really shitty. This one was bad. Uh, this is a KKK versus Ninja movie, <laughs> which sounds incredible, but it's fu- funny. It's a it's a it's a ninja, a white ninja, not like dressed in white, but he's actually a white dude, and he he rides a ninja motorcycle, um, and he carries around a yin yang necklace, and he has a book that he carries around with him that says Ninja on the cover, and uh, but and there's a I don't know. It's he's on his way on his motorcycle to some conference in Texas, and he's driving from riding from Wyoming. But his bike conference, his bike breaks down in northern Texas. He's going to Houston. I don't know. He never says what kind of conference it is. Um, And when his bike breaks down, there's the mechanic tells him that the parts have to come from Raleigh and Charlotte. So I don't know where (laughs) it's like. There, I thought I was like, ooh, this takes place in North Carolina, but then they just talk about Texas. I'm like, okay, that's weird. (laughs) It was bad. Uh, it was pretty boring. You got excited because they fucking. I did. I was like, "Shit, North Carolina, making us look good." Oh my God. But yeah. How can, anyway, how can you tell the difference between the white ninja and the Ku Klux Klan? <laughs> well, yeah. he didn't. He never wore ninja clothes. He just knew ninjutsu. I, I, lo- I love. I love in Hollywood there are more Caucasian ninjas. Yes. That you know, it's like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he never actually wears ninja clothing, but you do see the KKK guys with their hoods on. So. When um, I was growing up, back home, they made a, uh, you know, they actually passed a law that it was illegal to be a ninja well, in, in Ireland. I know in the in the UK, the, you, they I weren't allowed that. to have the, the, yeah, like, the word... Yeah, Ninja Turtles, yeah. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember I was, when I went, to, I went to Canada when I was 11, and I saw the Ninja Turtles for the first time. And when I came home, I told everyone how great it was. No one would believe me. <laughs> and then when it came on a year or so later, it was Hero Turtles. And they <laughs> still wouldn't believe me that it was that it was ninjas. But it was uh, so bad because it was like the, the theme tune was Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. 
<laughs> and it still said ninja. She. When it would, uh, when it, it would still say ninja on the t- on the TV, but there would be hero turtles. Oh man! But That's they did a, make it. They did make a law that it was illegal to be a ninja. That is a really weird thing to edit out. Like, I guess the violence there, ninjas are too violent or something. I don't know. Well, the violence that we were seeing on a daily basis over there. Uh, well, yeah, didn't really <laughs> add to it. But uh, the IRA didn't have a ninja squadron. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would have been that would have been a whole extra wrinkle on that one. Yeah. Um, so I got in a ninja mood. Um, so I started, let's see, I started with, uh, Ninja Mission. Uh, this is a Swedish ninja movie. Um, I've seen this one before. It's pretty hyper gory. There's a dude that gets half of his head cut off and part of it. There's probably fucking like a hundred people that die in the last 20 minutes of this movie. Uh, it's pretty good. Again, if you like shitty action movies, that's really all I watched this week was shitty action movies. Um, and I believe by the same director, I watched one called Russian Terminator. Um... This one, this one was okay. <laughs> this one is has the what? Well, this one's like this one's just really bad. It it doesn't it doesn't have a lot of gore. The main character is this like old dude with a big like fluffy mullet and a kind of a lamb chop type beard, and uh, basically trying to it's kind of a rescue type thing. He's a photographer. The movie opens with him photographer uh, photographing Jesus Christ, photographing these chicks on like a Ferrari when it's really cold, and he gets kind of. Apparently he used to be a secret secret agent and he gets conned into uh into doing this mission to rescue somebody and it was okay. The cover has the chick that's in it, but it doesn't have the dude that's in it. It has some random dude. The the actual Russian ninja that's in it uh has a he is dubbed so hilariously. <laughs> he has the worst like if you think Dolph Lundgren sounds bad saying I must break you. This guy, it's not even his voice coming out of his face is quite obvious. It's really funny. So that and Ninja Mission were good. Um, possibly, I think, by the same director again, uh, Eagle Island or Ninja Mission 2. Um, this one was hard to figure out who the good guys and bad guys were. Uh, it, it, it wasn't very good. Um, I mean, it has really crappy you know, action scenes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, skip, that. skip Ninja Mission 2. Not so hot. Um, I watched War Dog or War Dogs possibly by the same director again this one does not have uh ninjas but it has a dude in it that's uh, pretty much been turned into a terminator type killer and uh his friends kind of going to get him out and there's an act there's a there's a car chase in it that is one of the craziest things i've ever seen it's fucking unreal it's so fun um but uh there's kids that get shot in it like on camera uh the you know squibs under their clothes but like really juicy squibs like it's it's a pretty violent movie but it's fun it's it's pretty ridiculous uh war dogs is definitely worth checking out uh let's see i watched uh smoky and the bandit i don't know why i was in the mood to watch that but i did and it's still awesome and it was weird because I uh, I've seen this movie probably two dozen times, and for some reason I don't think I'd ever seen the first five minutes of it. So the parts where the big Enos and his son are coming up and offering Burt Reynolds the money while he's laying in the hammock, completely Wait, that, like that would be little Enos. Yes, big Enos and little Enos, and him. when he when he comes in and says, "I didn't know they had a." suit and extra extra fat or whatever yeah like i never <laughs> never i'd never seen that part before even though i've seen I'll the use movie. that line someday <laughs> i love it wait for the right moment and i fucking every time fucking uh 
oh what's his name uh, uh buford justice what was that what was that guy's name jackie gleason whenever he would drive by with his son holding on his hat with the car <laughs> it would make me laugh every time um but yeah first five minutes that were new to me the rest of it i've seen a dozen or two dozen times and it's still awesome and um and sally field's still pretty cute in it yeah. with her tight little pants um and the only thing I ever other other thing I watched I bought uh, I went to Big Lots and bought a few movies including Judgment Night and uh, Davy Mack and a few other people compared Judgment Night to a movie called Trespass this is a Walter Hill movie from ninety two yeah. yeah um I'd never seen it before and it was good I watched it this morning um, Trespass or Judgment Night I'd, I'd seen Judgment Night and I yes I ate Taco Bell before I went into Big Lots and had to shit within ten minutes and um <laughs> but this has Bill Paxton William Sadler. Ice T and Ice Cube. They're like the, the firemen that go off looking for the treasure. Yeah, they, yeah. Bill Paxton and William Sadler play these redneck firemen in Arkansas, and they learn about this like hidden treasure in an old abandoned building in East St. Louis, Illinois. Um, so they're going up there, and they kind of get caught in the wrong place at the wrong time while trying to dig it up. And there's a funny homeless dude that uh, that sticks with them the whole time. It's a good movie. We're, I think we need to review that with uh, Judgment Night on the show sometime. That was been the suggestion. So. Yeah. I remember oh, Judgment Night because of the soundtrack. Yeah. Like one of the first ones that came out and you go off and buy the soundtrack. Yep, yep. I, I I need to listen to the soundtrack again. I haven't listened to it in years, but that was a, it, that was one of had, my first CDs. So. It had Helmet and all on it, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. it? Yeah, it was. every song was a mix between some kind of rock band and some and a, and a hip-hop. A rapper, act. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the, our Pearl Jam was on it. I mean, there was all kinds of uh, people on this thing. So it was weird. It was a weird album, but yeah. I don't... Because it was Ice-T did the... Judgment Night or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. That was, that was when I started into all the rap and got my Black Rage on. Um, what what movie do you guys want to review first? Any preference? Sure. It doesn't matter. Okay, well, let's do. Let's we'll come, do Night Visitor. Night Visitor. We're gonna take a break and come back and do some Max Sydow in the Night Visitor. We'll be right back. <laughs> G-G-T-M-C Live For you Fresh yeah Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service Breaking films down and turning them around Giving recommendations that are always on point Visit GGTMC.com for more information The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema Bringing class to the trash since 
All right, that was Dean's choice. I had never seen this video. It's pretty. It's pretty incredible. Lots of it's crappy. The right spot. Yeah, lots of lots of crappy '80s uh, graphics in it. All right, first movie of the day: The Night Visitor. And I don't have my IMDb up. I've been caught with my pants down. Um, Whoa. Pull them up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You got it up now. Yep. Um, this is uh, from 1971. A man named Salem escapes from an insane asylum where he was confined for an ex-axe murder. Falsely convicted under a plea of guilty due to insanity, he does not plan to let his sister and her husband forget that they were responsible for the murder of a farmhand and for his cruel imprisonment in the asylum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's sort of... I guess that's sort of like what it was about. Yeah, that's the whole movie. Um, Starring uh, Max von Sydow and some other people I don't recognize. Uh, Trevor Hart. Tracy Ullman's mom. No. Um, <laughs> no. Liv Ullman. Per Oscarson. I love Swedish names. They're so fucking cool. Um, this looked like it was filmed in the Arctic. I believe it was filmed in like Denmark and Sweden. So uh, this is a pretty good one. Zom. What did you think of this movie, sir? Fucking face must be getting fatter because my cheek was up against the microphone. <laughs> um, well, okay. Let's see here. We're going to talk about this movie called The Night Visitor. Okay, here's the deal. I'd never heard of this movie. El Visitante Nocturno. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's the Swedish title. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you never know. Um, Southern Sweden. Um, I'd never heard of this movie, um, but I do like Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, and um, so I thought, well, you know what? We're doing this show. I think I'll give it a shot. <laughs> so anyway, I started watching it, and um, it it reminded me of uh, Chiller Theater when I was a kid. And they would have, like, you know, th- th- every, I don't know, Friday night or whatever, they would have a, a quote-unquote, you know, horror movie on but every once in a while they would have a movie like the night visitor and you'd be like okay i wonder what this is oh god it's gonna be scary whatever and i guess in some ways it could be considered a horror movie but really it's not yeah it's more of a thriller it's more of a thriller and um you know it has like a a killer in it and everything and some some um eh, horror kind of things but um Anyway, so when I started watching it, um, the first thing I noticed, and throughout the film, um, I wasn't sure it was it was creepy to start with because here's Max von Sydow, and he's um, yeah. at first you didn't know what was going on. You just see this dude running, and it's fucking snowing, <laughs> and it's cold as shit out, and he's running with these work boots on and in his fucking underwear. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then throughout the entire movie, I, I just kept thinking to myself, okay, Max, you know the climate where you live, and you know it's going to be <laughs> fucking cold out. I, it was it we, was confusing. but It does make sense eventually. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Why he, why he doesn't wear clothes? Yes. Well, well yeah, he's, he's covering his tracks. 
He can't. He, He's covering his tracks. Well, yeah. If he if he wears his clothes out, then there could be evidence. Of oh, what okay, he's been yeah, doing. Yeah, okay, okay, no, okay. Yeah, no, well, I that's guess not right. it. That's not it. That's not it. No, because he needs it. He needs the extra length. Oh, right. He uses his oh, clothes. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Well, then uh, that's a good thing we did this show. Because even yeah. up to the end, I was like, why the fuck wouldn't he put some goddamn fucking throughs on? He did look pretty or funny. Or why wouldn't he wait until the summer? <laughs> he couldn't wait yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's true, too. Maybe that's well, shit, we're, you know, summer there might be like uh, a week and a half, two days, two days out of the year. Yeah. You know, his, oh, so all, anyway. he needs, all he needs is two days. His, his, um, Even if it is only two days, you know, <laughs> he's got a nice little window that he can look out and see when the sun comes out. Well, maybe, maybe it was that he needed the, the winter wind to yes, do that's his, true. yeah, because there it's was a, there was a, like a motherfucker. Yep. The, um. You know the those shorts reminded me of the old uh, my old gym uniform back in yes, middle school. Oh man, there was a, yeah, and I used to wear tidy whities back then. I remember having to wear those shorts one day, and you'd have to do stretches and stuff. And my fucking balls came out of the my underwear, <laughs> and like they were actually sitting on the gym floor while I was. <laughs> and I realized that when I felt the cold, I'm like, oh shit! Like my balls were actually touching the gym floor. Just think if you were in Sweden and it was really cold, your balls might have stuck to the gym. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, okay, Max is... Uh, uh, you don't know what's going on at first, but he's uh, out running around in his fucking skivvies. <laughs> and um, he's sneaking into these people's houses, which... which That <laughs> kind of plays on, on a, a thing. I don't know if everybody thinks this when they're a kid or... Or you know where you have a, a a thing where like you don't want to go down in your basement or up in your attic because right, there right. might be somebody up there, and it's just weird. It, this movie kind of gives you that feeling of of, uh, uh, of of how weird it is when you're in a house and that there there possibly could be somebody, you know, in the house when you're there and you don't know it or whatever. So anyway, um, he is obviously familiar with the area and you kind of you kind of you know the, the story kind of comes together fairly quickly mm-hmm. so we're not giving anything away that Salem is a uh, like a farm hand and he has been put in a mental institution so you know he's okay that, that and that makes it even creepier and it, this kind of goes with the the uh, second movie too where you have the the stuff about the men, a mental institution and how creepy it is mm-hmm. and the and just the thought of somebody being insane and what they're thinking uh, that that kind of adds like a horror element to it, but he's sneaking into these people's house, and at first you're not sure why, but then like I said, it, it kind of is told that uh, somebody was murdered with an axe at this farm. Uh, Salem, he's only known by one name, Salem, uh, was found guilty, I guess, by reason of insanity, and they put him in a in a, in a mental hospital. Uh, which is, you know, just just down the road a piece from where he lived. <laughs> and um, there's um, Esther uh, Jenks and Dr. Anton Jenks uh, live in this house with, uh, I guess, uh, who was Emmy? She was she lived there. Was she the sister of Esther? Yeah, I, I think, think it was two sisters in Salem, right? Right. Okay, and Salem was the brother, right? Yep, yep. And then the and then the gray-headed dude was his brother-in-law. Right. Okay. So anyway, um Salem is out to seek revenge, but you know, he's not just he doesn't want to just go and hack these motherfuckers to bits. 
uh, he's going to fuck with them, and he's and he's he's clever. He uh, uh, nobody knows what the fuck's going on, and um, some shit starts happening, <laughs> 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 and, and they call the cops. And I love Trevor Howard. I've loved Trevor Howard when I was a little kid. He was in a lot of different movies, and I I just have always liked him. He 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 sort of plays the same kind of role in this as he did in the offense with Sean Connery where he's like a police captain or an investigator or something like that and he he does a good job of it and he comes to investigate in one of the worst most the ugliest fucking polyester it had this print <laughs> on it it wasn't colorful or anything it was just one color but it had this print like etched in it like a just like a checkerboard or something it was so ugly um and so he's investigating, and they're like, you know, I think Salem was here. I think Salem was here. And and this must have been a um, a pretty famous case in that area because everybody knows, you know, Salem, and everybody knows what's going on. So Trevor Howard's like, you know, what the fuck? I don't, you know, this is kind of bullshit because people start <laughs> thinking, you know, maybe this that these people uh, um, that's. The, the the doctor for mm. the most part they think that the doctor is maybe f- just freaking out and losing his shit so uh, he goes to the mental institution now this fucking place Jesus Christ oh my god well it looked like a uh, they're they're walking uh, Trevor Howard around and and there's and he's saying okay you know uh, I just have to pretty much check out all the avenues here is is there any way that Salem can get out. And this place looks like a goddamn fucking monolith that, that has this giant fucking rock wall that goes all the way like around. That. It was like that one they used in uh, Shutter Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like a it looked like like a fort from the from yeah. the eighteenth from the nineteenth or eighteenth century, or or like a fucking giant like a castle or something that was on mm-hmm. the on the coast. And so anyway, they they he, they pretty much set the whole thing up where. They the the I guess it was be the head doctor or whatever of the mental institution takes Trevor Howard through everything. He says, "Okay, you know, there's an iron gate here and it closes at this time, and all the doors are locked from the outside, and blah 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 blah." So they show like step by step every thing, like all the security measures. And the last one, they're down on the ground and they look up, and this thing is so fucking this wall is so tall, it's just like holy shit, you know. And Trevor Howard's like, you know, no way that motherfucker got out of that son of a bitch. So anyway, <laughs> but then people start, um, like I said, they don't make any pretense in this movie of of like who done it. Mm-hmm. You're not sitting there thinking, okay, you just see like hands strangling somebody or you see this. They show Salem, you know, going into these people's places and and uh, and just kind of devising their demise and setting them up. Now, the entire time uh this is going on, like I said, the, the Dr. Jenks he is, you know, kind of nervous and he's like, "Oh shit, you know, what the fuck's going on?" Ooh. And um there's a fucking parrot that <laughs> they have in the house, and it's like, birds drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this this bird's you know chirping away, and and I think that that kind of leads um, Esther, who was played by Liv Ullman, um, to think that uh, Jenks might be losing his shit, uh, <laughs> Doctor Jenks, because she's Jenks too. 
But Liv Ullman, for one, okay, first of all, um, she is just like the Swedish chick that is just, you know, no makeup or anything, blonde hair, blue eye, just like, you know, really fair complected, but she's, I think she's really good looking. I saw her in a movie with uh, Gene Hackman. Um, like I think it was called like Zandy's Bride or something. It was Western, hmm. unconventional Western where Gene Hackman is this asshole, and he sends away for a mail order bride, and he thinks he like if he's forty five or something like that, uh, he thinks he's going to get this twenty year old mail order bride, and Liv Ullman shows up, and she's probably the same age she is in this movie, and he's he's just a jerk. He's like, how the hell are you going to have a kid with me? You know, he's he's just that. But he has her there, and they live out in the middle of nowhere. But that, that's a good movie too. But I really like her. I've seen her in a couple different things, and I think she's she's uh, pretty good. Uh, and I'd fuck her. So anyway, <laughs> 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 for solid gold. Anyway, so um, like I said, they set up. You know, okay, Salem. There's no way possible Salem could get out. Blah 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 blah. Well, then, as then they the the second part of it is they kind of show. And I I really liked this. It was like a heist movie, but like a, or a procedural, but something like that, where they show step by step how he how he is overcoming all these obstacles. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty clever. Yeah, you know, yeah, there was some shit where you're like, holy shit, you know. And I'm telling you what, even if I wanted all the revenge in the world, if somebody raped and killed my wife and child, I wouldn't climb down those goddamn fucking clothes <laughs> down that wall. <laughs> like fuck that shit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> figure out some other way. Yeah, no fucking way, dude. Um, so it pretty much just goes along like that with Salem's plot and um, and and how Salem's he plot? is. <laughs> Salem's plot. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Sorry, I was um, unprepared. But to be to really the, the movie, <laughs> it's not a. It's not a super complex movie. The part that I liked the most about it was, uh, besides seeing Max run around in his fucking underwear, cold as shit. Um, <laughs> that was really cool. Is uh, yeah, I mean he had he had a funny build though. I mean, like that one part, he was like take he took his shirt off and just had his his uh, gym shorts on or whatever the hell they were, and he's got like really big, wide, bony hips. Uh, he's so always, I, don't he's, know, I would. I feel like every time I've ever seen him, he always he's always been built like an old man. Yeah, even when he was younger. I don't even think you he know, was that you, old in this. He's probably only in his forties. Yeah, he he just kind of has an old man look. Yeah, or as Robert Redford would say in Three Days of the Condor, he's strong like a farmer. Uh, and he, <laughs> he, he he can pull off the uh, Swedish farmer dude. Um, but now, oh, he's forty. He was forty, like forty three when he did that movie. Yeah, he did this movie? Would you would you fuck Liv Ullman? I don't know. You she's wouldn't a fuck little, her. She's a little heavy browed for me. Oh. <laughs> That's kind of I don't know, man. <laughs> she wasn't. I would. Man, she looked kind of plain to me. She's like a farm girl, like like somebody you'd see out on the prairie. I put the bone in her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Rolling the hay. Rolling <laughs> hay. Fuck yeah. And you know, like she'd be like this, this Swedish milkmaid or something like that. <laughs> I'll stick with. Uh, then, I'll stick with Ushi. You can have. Uh, you can have Liv. I mean, I'd take her too. <laughs> what well, are you gonna do? If she would put her um, hair in the little ponytail, the little side ponytail things. <laughs> yes, and clogs. Make her yeah. wear clogs while you're yeah. hanging her. Then, yeah, then her the, smack her on the ass with her wooden shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's so Swedish. Anyway. 
If she played your big trumpet, you know the way they they stand on top of the the mountains with the big long trumpet. Yeah, Ricola. Yeah, right when she gets ready to come, scream Ricola, and then just jizz all over her fucking mouth, all over her big eyes. So anyway, we gotta give some sort of gold action this week. Shit, we can't be all bland and stuff. So anyway, there's a reveal at the end. And I'm not going to say what it is, but I loved. I thought that was. I was oh my god! Just the look on somebody's face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it reminded me of um, uh, the uh, taking a Pelham one two three. Yeah, you know, yeah, the end yeah, of that. yeah. Like yeah. that, that very little twist when you think everything's good, and then you just get. Yeah, that was cool. I like that too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, th- but I don't know how. I don't know how he could have got all the way up there. <laughs> <laughs> way through the snow. Yeah, yeah. Without under, without realizing. Yeah. Well, it was cold. Was, that thing was cold. That's why. And <laughs> and, and 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 they added a grappling hook uh, on the way back. When yeah. He took it beneath that boat, and I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. Where the fuck that thing come from? <laughs> uh, but then again, he took what, it from the, the farm. One thing I about that. Yeah, because he when he he didn't have it at first, it was part of the plan. But then when he got to the farm, he, he, you know, I'm sure, you know, you know, most farms have a grappling hook. (laughs) (laughs) Where did he, where did he hide it when he, after he was done with it? He hid it under the boat. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. On the the other side. Yeah. I don't know. In his anus. (laughs) You know how those prisoners are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Bryn, you got anything to add on this one? Um, Did a wee bit of research on it. And originally it was supposed to be. Christopher Lee, because it's oh, really yeah. cool that, that I got to come on this episode. Just when because because both of the films could could be Hamakis films. Well, I was going to say that too. It it definitely could have been. You know, when I was watching, I was like, this has a it has a Hamakis kind of a feel to it. Yeah, yeah. Or not um, Hamakis, but you know, Hammer yeah. or Amicus, whatever. Or every tenuous link. So originally it was supposed to be Christopher Lee, but he couldn't do it. So they they approached Steve McQueen, um, which would have been a, an interesting role. Oh, weird. Yeah, because, uh, you know, and it's a bit of a shame because I don't know any Steve McQueen where because he, he's always like the chiseled hero. Mm-hmm. But it would have been yeah. cool to see him be a bastard, you know? You know, could be sweet, being the sweet bad guy McQueen. Like. Sweet <laughs> McQueen. Um, and the director did quite a good bit of stuff. You know, he did The Wild One and uh, a lot of other cool things, too. So, I didn't even look through never heard. Yeah, it was it's interesting. The, like, there's a good... Like, he's done a lot of shite as well, a lot of TV, but... Uh, <laughs> There, there are some good top quality ones. Laszlo you know. Benedict. Yeah. <laughs> um, from the very start, you know, when it shows the bleak opening and the the piano chords, you know, that come in. Uh, so I was in it from right from the start. You know, this film was just right up my alley, and mm-hmm. to see him run around through the snow, and I always think about actors that are sort of forced to do stuff like that. Uh, and whether they're method or whatever, and they think this is great, I'm going to really run around in the snow. Or if you have some diva like Tom Cruise, that <laughs> is fucking pissed off, and he'd, he'd probably make a soundstage full of fake snow <laughs> that he could run around in. Um, I would think Max would probably be like, he he probably lived there so long, he's probably like, hell, we do this all the time, it gets a shit. Yeah, he yeah. fucking, uh, that, this whole fucking movie looked cold. Like, their breath, when you see their breath, I'm pretty sure that was fucking real. Even inside that asylum, like, you could see all their breath. The, the cop, whenever he would come in there, um, what, what was his name again? I'm sorry. I, don't, I didn't Trevor recognize Howard. him. Trevor Howard, whenever he would be in there, you, I mean, he was always wearing that big, fluffy, ugly-ass coat and that fuzzy hat. And yeah. he would just leave it on in there, fucking the, the just that the cold breath. So you know they were still freezing in there too. 
well, you think of it as that place is a real prison, or because prisons used to be like that, you know, just how, how much, how cold it would be for the <sighs> poor prisoners in there, you know? But again, you know, teach them a lesson rather than send them off to the country club that they get to go to these days. Yeah. Um, but I was wondering, like, does, does Max von Sydow always have to play chess? He likes films? chess. Yeah. Um, the atmosphere was just wonderful, and I, I love, yeah, some of the kills were pretty rough, and but Saito gets to, you know, when he kills the first girl, and he comes in and starts unbuttoning her shirt, and then basically hypnotizes her, and she just, she just goes, <laughs> oh, oh okay. okay, it's a fair cop. I thought they were um, going to get it on, I thought he was going to rape her. You know, I love the... No rape. Uh, Unless it, well, the, uh, he might have raped her, I don't know. Well, perhaps. Special features. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, like this, the the last scene when he's running around killing people with the axe, and uh, you think he's gonna kill the main farm guy, but he goes and wipes the oh yeah just yeah just wipes the blood. So there was lots of like little things, and you really thought that he was gonna he was gonna get away with it. You don't um, you don't see too many hatchet hatchets in movies anymore. No, except if you're watching Isn't Hatchet. There a movie called uh, Hatchet. Yeah, unless yeah. you're watching Hatchet. Or hatchet three. Um. You know, the, it was really well, really well directed. The the lighting was top notch, and yeah. some of the the, uh, the reveals were were just wonderful. And and this has been one that had been on my to watch list, so it's good to, to nice. finally get my belt. You know, yeah, I like I liked a couple of the quotes when you were talking about the chess. When the one of the, with the I don't know who he was. I think he he must have been like the main like doctor because you know in these movies in 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 these nuthouse movies there's always the main doctor he usually is a bastard but in this one he doesn't really play much of a part but he has the line like don't don't get to a game of chess with him you'll never escape and which kind of kind of describes his character more than just outside of the game of chess and the i thought it was cool um how when he he actually challenges Sido actually challenges the inspector to a game of chess and he's like oh, i don't play like he just he, he's smart enough he's he's pretty fast on his feet and smart enough to just go ahead and deny him doesn't even like Pussyfoot around it. I like that word, pussyfoot. Um, but uh, Ooh, it's kind of gross when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like like a, a girl's pussy smells like a foot or something. No, you just well, you might have a foot fetish and like to stimulate with your yeah. feet. I'm just thinking of two hatchet wounds on the bottom of your feet. <laughs> You're walking around going. <laughs> well, they um, do. They've got that that flashlight that's a foot with a. Oh yeah, giant oh, gross in the soul. Yeah. Flashlight. I think yeah. that I think that was the part where I almost left our group <laughs> seeing that shit. Um, but yeah, Sidal doesn't even speak for the first forty minutes in this movie, almost, which is kind of a cool. I, I like the way the first half of this movie's done because I really didn't know where it was going at first. Like it was obvious who he was and what was going on, but he doesn't say anything at all, and you're really like you're really trying to figure out like exactly what's going on because it's it's it. It, it picks up pace as it goes along. It, um, I don't know. It's, it was, it was just really neat. When he finally does speak, it was a really great scene because he, um, he tackles, uh, Howard, you know, on the bed and he's like, this is, you know, this is what it's like when I speak out of turn kind of thing. And like, when, yeah, that's his first that lines cool. in the movie. Yeah, and he was just yelling these lines. He, he, he was really, it was really, really well acted. Well, I like I that. When, when they, when they had him not talk like for so long that it's, gave it still gave the viewer the impression that this guy might just be some crazy psycho mm -hmm. who's like he what he's not even gonna say anything he's just nuts yeah but yeah. then once he you know when he gets trevor howard in that in the uh, cell and he he does you know 
like subdue him, then you kind of start seeing, okay, this guy isn't just a nut. Because, I mean, he could have killed him. If he was a nut, he, he could have just killed him right there. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't even do it. He's like, you know, that guard, that old man guard was such a little, like, sore loser punk. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't play with these pieces and like just like storms off and like he can't stand to lose. Yeah, he mu- it must happen a lot because Sidal knew that was go- he was going to like storm off when he started losing again. Yeah, well, it was a good uh, line when he said um, that that he wasn't enjoying himself anymore, and mm-hmm. Sidal says, "Well, is that because you're losing?" <laughs> oh, he you gets know? so pissed at that. Yeah, and then, and then he just throws all the pieces all over the place. <laughs> you know, dude's like eighty and he's getting pissed about a game. But uh, you know the the movies. It's just it's it's very smartly laid out. It's a pretty simple plot, but it's it the way it's the way it's done. It's like it it kind of gradually reveals things. You know, it even even though we see very early on what this plot is doing, where it's going, it slowly reveals like you know how exactly he's getting out of the prison and and you know wh- the why certain characters are acting as they are. And it, it, it was it was it was a nice little movie. So. Mm-hmm. Zom, let's rate it. Um, I would give this a. Meh. I really liked it. Yeah. I would give it a oh, seven point two five. Bryn. All right. Well, I will give this a very uh, high score and a nine. Nice. I fucking, yeah, I, I just ah! like this. You know, it was um, you know, right up my alley. Anyway, for the the genre, you know, I really can't think that there was anything wrong with it. Nice. Great uh, story, great atmosphere, great, um, you know, acting. The, uh, you know, it just hit all the buttons for me, and it was just uh, wonderful. You know, seeing the prison escape. You know, it's very rare you get to see something as well thought out as that, and uh, you know, as as cool. Yeah, and it's usually some like it's uh, it, well, it, you know that that kind of reminded me the fact that Sidal was doing it and not some just like you know, like teen heartthrob or some buff dude or, you know, it actually yeah. was like a, a normal looking dude. Kind of like the, the one you got me to watch the, uh, the Brian Cox movie where they do the escape. Yeah. 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 It was also like, it, it reminded me of the escape and sitting target, you know, when they're uh, mm-hmm. with Ollie Reed and, and Ian McShane, when they're, when they're running across, you know, the rooftops and they got to jump across onto a tree and go down the, the, the rope slide and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, and that that reminds me of Ian McShane getting punched in the stomach because <laughs> Richard Burton wanted to screw him in the butt. <laughs> yeah. It's bullshit. Um, I give this movie a 7.5. I really liked it a lot, too. Um, get in line, bitch. Nice and, get in line, bitch. <laughs> get in line. <laughs> nice and tight. Uh, speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of ass. Uh, nice and tight movie. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely good atmosphere. I love the cold. It was a really cool, cool part of it. It would be depressing living there. Probably. Uh, well, it looked pretty fucking bleak. I mean, it was like yeah. you know the trees are all bare, and I don't know if it was just just a particularly rough part of the winter, or if it's just like that all the time. But it, you know, if they're far enough north, cold at the beginning. Maybe it's because he he had just been running like a long way. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I was like, God, he doesn't even seem like he's like really cold. Yeah. So, but then when he had to hide outside the window and just sit there, <laughs> yeah, he, he got he, fucking he got a little chilled. And the well, and digging in the snow where he had to use a branch because it was hurting his hands. Using, okay, now wasn't no when he okay now I know we just went through this whole thing, but this is just something I was thinking of. Um, when he went that one time, uh, the last time, and he did the all the shit. He took a coat. 
yes. and to keep warm, and then he went all the way back. Well, then he put the you know, even if things wouldn't have panned out the way they did, wouldn't somebody say where'd that coat come from? Well, that was what he was worried about, and that's you know, and we didn't even get to that part of there, nobody had the chance to even say that. So, oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah but yeah, all that right. was the part. He's like, fuck, I for, you know, uh, he finally, fuck. yeah, he got a little flustered, and yeah, so. Anyway, I, I got a seven point five. Code up my asshole <laughs> with the grappling hook. Um, <laughs> cool, uh, good little movie there. So uh, let's take a break and come back and do one that I thought was going to be pretty similar, was but was quite different. Uh, the creature with the blue hand. We'll be right back. Is that the German pronunciation? Yes, that was the German pronunciation. We'll be right back. That was awesome. He was moving, and that was when he could have sworn the room was moving. But that was only in his mind He was sailing He never really seemed to notice The vision failing Cause that was all part of the high The sweat was pouring He couldn't take it The room was exploding He might not make it Yeah that was uh, David's music choice. That was I've never heard him before. That's uh, Gil Scott Heron. Some good shit, man. Some white dude. Gonna have to track down some more. All right, next movie, Creature with the Blue Hand from... Fuck, I'm unprepared again. What is wrong with me today? 1967. 67. Um, I'm really taking forever to open this up. All right, 67. Um... With uh, Klaus Kinski, Harold Lipnitz, and some other people. Lipschitz. Um, Scotland Yard is after a homicidal maniac called the Blue Hand, which is what he uses to kill his victims. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. And shit. Um, so, yeah, directed by Alfred Varner. And, you know, written by like 18 people. This must have been like a screen, like a, a play or something. Um, seems like it could have been. Um, we're gonna let Brent lead on this one. I actually thought of you while I was watching this, so it's kind of it's pretty cool you uh, you volunteered on the show because yes, you're right. These both fit, definitely fit your theme of show, but I, I was thinking of you while I was watching this one. So, uh, well, Brent, I was thinking of you too. Yay! Excuse us, excuse us, guys. We need to. Oh, sorry. Uh, what did you think of this movie, sir? So yes, um, you know, I like Klaus Kinski. You know, and I, so this was this was fun to see Kinski cash a paycheck because I wasn't quite sure what you were going to be, you know, naming the show. Whether it was because they were both sort of in the mental asylum, 
or they both were check cashers, or they both had parrots. That is, that, <laughs> is, that is the theme. The theme, the theme was the uh, like fresh out of the nut house movie uh, or, or guys, but the, I did like the parrot link between the two also. So yeah, and Je- <laughs> Jeff Jeff um, po- chose these for us. So cool. Um, so there was lots in this that I enjoyed. You know, it was it could have basically been a hammer. You could have swapped. Uh, Kinski out for uh, Peter Cushing or Christopher Lee, you know, and it would have worked perfectly well. Uh, you know, we start off with a wonderful picture of the Queen and the, you know, the the British justice system uh, knocking their hammers together and putting poor old Dave away. You know, Dave. it was Dave. <laughs> Where's Dave? They're here. Dave did it, uh, and he's screaming along. And they, you find out that Kinski is. Uh, is twins. Um, now the print that I had on YouTube was uh, pretty muddy, so you couldn't really tell which was which anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you could honestly you couldn't tell in the in the regular either. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, Kinski, you know, he's a wonderful actor, but I wonder sometimes his main stuff that he's so so iconic for is uh, you know the Herzog films that he was in. Um, because he gets to be the, you know, the the, the title the title role, mm-hmm. and have all this wonderful time together. And but then when you see him cashing a check like he is in this, there's no real talent there at all. It's just you know a couple of scary looks and you know run around to some funky '60s music. Because <laughs> uh, the soundtrack in this was top notch. It very much yeah. was like a like an old Persuader sort of Avengers film. Um, so yeah, you know, there's lots of pieces in this. The, the blue hand is basically Wolverine. You know, he's got the claws <laughs> out. I had that uh, as a note. Which Klaus is Wolverine? Uh, yeah, and so he escapes. He escapes from the mental home. How did? Is he? Yeah, and and somebody shouts here, Dave, come come back, Dave. You know, <laughs> and uh, as he climbs up over the wall, and he he gets a way off back to his manor. What's the and, point uh, of having having a a, a a a guard dog if you have it chained up to where like it's uh, chained up just about so it's uh, five feet away from the door? <laughs> so all you have to do is just like walk by it. I mean, yeah, it's kind of sitting there barking, but it's like you know, I, I would think I would just leave let it run loose maybe inside yeah. the place. Well, you know, I couldn't really tell when this thing was set either. Uh, whether it was like an old you know, medieval times or if it was the swinging sixties. It was hard to tell. And, and I, cause they don't show any cars or anything. And all, you know, the, they did say that he collected, like he was a collector of these old, like museum type pieces. So I assume it took place mid century. Um, but they don't really, there were cars. Oh, there was the chase. van. Yeah, it was the van. Cause I actually have a note yeah, about the I was van. Gonna say, how many medieval fucking people drive around in a convertible MG? <laughs> Wait, there was an uh, MG in it. I missed that. I like. I, yeah. I remember the. I remember the 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 van, which I love that van. That was really fucking cool. I would the totally van drive and on the, this. The, the the girl when uh, she supposedly got a call from Dave, and he said, "Meet me at this <laughs> place." And she drove over in her little convertible. Yeah, I totally then, forgot then, she drove. And they go to this pub that's got the neon sign and. Oh yeah, <laughs> the flashing sign. Jesus yeah, Christ! Yeah, yeah. And, and he dives through the window. <laughs> I, I obviously didn't watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, again, 
there were some great little reveals, you know, when he would go into the room and somebody would just appear in the, in the shadows behind him. Um, no, there was some wonderful the, the direction. The, the DP was, was top-notch. But in the end, I wouldn't really want to watch this thing again. Oh. You know, it wasn't... Like, it was fun and all that, but nothing... Nothing incredible. I, I did enjoy, like... I, I, I wish you could... There was a way that you could actually just go to same asylums and look through the keyholes and see free strip shows. Yeah. <laughs> that chick was you know, pretty cute, too. Yeah, she was. It was in there. Yeah, it was interesting that um, they would let her do that. Like, because normally she might go off and hang herself with her bra or something. She's in an asylum <laughs> setting. And then the, the, the woman who killed her baby, that they give her a doll so she can just reenact killing the baby over and over again. Glad she didn't strip. <laughs> uh, I wish the gardener stripped. So it's an interesting form of uh, therapy. Yeah. That they were implying at this insane asylum. Um, there were some interesting names. Mangrove, Dr. Mangrove. <laughs> Except for Dave. Dave. You know, and, I wish they'd come because it was just so comical. They kept saying, where's Dave? Richard. And you they know? actually said it too. It was in This movie's in German and they were actually saying Dave and Richard. Yeah, the um, the the dubbing was pretty poor too. The, did you see it? You saw it in English. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The YouTube the 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 one I watched was in German, and with subti- with English subtitles. And they, I mean, they still say they still say Dave and and yeah. Richard and Doctor Mangrove. You can hear them saying all the names. There's a lot of English words that come through. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you, since you watched the English version, there's a there's a kind of a it seems like a very in joke at the end. Did you, I didn't understand understand it at least in the version I watched. Did you did you get what they were going for there? The very uh, last scene when it says the end. I don't remember. I don't know. Okay, yeah, it was. I didn't understand what they were going for there because they they were making a reference, I think, to the guy that wrote the the book or something. But it it got very like broke, breaking the fourth wall in the last thirty seconds or so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sort of becomes like a like Benny Hill, isn't it? Was it yeah? Because uh, Wolverine he kills Benny Hill. <laughs> at the, first, the first fucking the first that's the guy who says "Come back, Dave." He oh, chases okay. him out of the. Uh, it wasn't really Benny Hill, but it looked like him. You know, oh. and so he manages to kill him. <laughs> so he manages to kill him with his Wolverine claw, and then put him inside the suit of armor without anybody hearing. Yeah, now that, that yeah, and put the suit of armor back up on the on the wall. Um. You know, Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones' dad would have a terrible time in this in this asylum because of the snakes and the rats. It's another oh. thing that like this special the special pushy thing that they just push the rats out of that. I was yeah, I was really confused about what that was going to accomplish. Like I get the I get the put dumping the snakes out and getting her to go crazy, but what were the rats gonna do? Like, in case she wasn't scared of snakes. Got them rats crawling all over you. Well, yeah. were, they, were they supposed to like make put the snakes into a frenzy or something? No, I think it was just a yeah. visual like thing of like you know, man, somebody fucking being in a room with just rats crawling all around you. It and shit, sucked. Big it, it sucked too because I think they. I, I'm pretty sure a rat was getting like crushed under that like bulldozer thing. Oh, like he, I saw yeah. his like butt sticking out, like his tail kind of wagging around. I think one was getting <laughs> got stuck under. I felt bad. Yeah. No, well, it was just in the days, you know. But you look at all the the terrible things they did to animals. Well, yeah, the fucking people. parrot in the last movie chasing it all around, fucking. Oh yeah, <laughs> in, the, in the in the in the cage, throwing about. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh. But yeah, you know, nothing, nothing to write home about with this. 
Okay. Well, um, I mean, I I uh, I thought this one was pretty fun. I, the um, yeah, it was fun. It, it was is the the movie was a lot snappier than I expected. I thought it was going to be kind of like this gothic horror type thing, um, but it was really well. Like I said, they're breaking the fourth wall a few times. It's kind of like a it's it's there's like this psychedelic intro music and credits and stuff, and uh, there's weird little kind of dark humor throughout it, which I thought was kind of cool too. The um, like there's two guys in the office at the beginning when the when they're w- w- the secretary walks in and it, it's obvious the secretary makes an appearance a few times and it's like they're almost like a uh, making like sexual references about her without actually saying it. Um, the the doctor, the main doctor of the asylum, and this in this case he is the doctor Mangrove, the asshole. But his his monocle keeps popping out whenever he gets yes, certain news. Yeah, monocle. <laughs> He's like Baron Yeah, or the um. The uh, there was one part where the butler of the house is like he's hiding in this big like chest of drawers, and the mom just opens the door like she knew he was going to be there. He's just sitting inside, and he gets out and like yeah. goes into goes about his business. That was kind of weird. <laughs> but the I don't know um, what that was supposed to be like it, uh, I, I, I don't know what it, what it, why why was he doing that? Was he listening the, in? I or? guess because he well he does that throughout the movie. He's always kind of eavesdropping. It was zany. It was just uh, zany. Maybe. But that's Maybe he was kept in a closet when he was a child. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, where his bed was. It was a walk-in yeah. closet, though. So, um, but the uh, the parts that made me laugh the most were the fact this had to be intentional. They the, the with always with the eyes peeking in, like looking, like you'd always see an eyeball looking in on somebody, and like it was almost a humorous effect, like. Uh, you, I, I laughed at this one part where you see eyes. It looked like they were inside a dumbwaiter, and it plays this like dramatic music when it shows the eyes. But there was one like an eye peeking through the jaw of an open skeleton. It's like there was always an eye peeking in on somebody, which I thought was kind of funny because they had always blew like da 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 when they show the music. I mean, when they show the eyeball, I thought that was pretty funny. So, but uh, yeah, Kinski plays his his own twin brother, and uh, he's not exactly all that crazy in the movie. Like he, he's pretty sweaty a lot of the time, but other than that, he doesn't like, he's pretty calm where everybody else is kind of (laughs) frantic. I think, um, the, uh, the blue hand. Yes. The Wolverine hand is pretty funny, especially when you see the bottom of it, how shitty it looks. I thought it was going to be kind (laughs) of cool, but they show it underneath and it looks very cheap. Um, and I don't know why, if you have a suit of armor, you would want to like highlight if, especially if you have secret gauntlet weapons like that, why would you want to highlight the gauntlets as blue? Like, you know that you're already pointing out that maybe there's something up with those things, but it's a part Where? of a suit of armor. Were you going to say something? I said, Burr. "Oh, okay." Because I was I was uh, lifting my butt because I'm getting like uh, blood clots. <laughs> well, the uh, yeah, whoever whoever the killer actually is, they work like the fucking Flash from from the comics because yeah, like you said, he gets a dead man dressed in a suit of armor without ever actually being seen or heard. Um, Dave himself cleans up and shaves and gets dressed in about 30 seconds and look he, you know he's wearing torn up clothes he's sweaty his hair's all messed up he's got a beard and then like 10 seconds later he's walking outside and looks completely calm and in a suit but there's I thought they would go a lot longer with uh with um I mean even though he shaved and put a suit on and everything it was just like right after that the 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 policeman was like I know that you're Dave here are these clothes in this cabinet. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I thought they would go for a longer time where you wouldn't know if it was Dave or Richard or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. um, 
But uh, there, there's a lot of cool stylish shots. It's a very, it's a very, very European movie. But besides the obvious that it's ger- in German or uh, dubbed, <laughs> but uh, it's very obviously European the way it's shot. Um, I mean, and some of it's even funny, like with the the mom's face. I don't remember her name, um, the the matron of the whole thing, but uh, like her face being reflected all wide through a big like cognac or wine glass or whatever it was. But um. You know, there's a lot of like stuff with uh, it shows the sister like walking through that club, but it's showing her in the mirror. So she's walking upside down. There's a lot of little things like that, little weird angles and stuff with her um, tied to a table and stuff, uh, which added a nice little. Yeah, feel. there was the, the one that when they were interrogating her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they would sort of do her POV. Yeah. Yep. While they were showing. So there was some interesting, you know, uh, ideas. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, Dr. Dr. Mandrake's secret weapon was kind of silly, but I, I laughed at that too. And I, I got to think that was a little tum- tongue in cheek also with the, maybe it wasn't, it seemed like it was though with the, with the snake where it's like the snake is getting close. Obviously he's having to force the snake to like act like it's attacking her, but then he's moving the snake's face slowly into the camera while the scary music plays. I feel like that was kind of unintentionally corny, but maybe not. Maybe, I don't know. But, um, I did like the double judo chop to the shoulders for a complete KO. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, the the rats. The I didn't I I, I didn't understand the, the part with the with the rats getting pushed out. Maybe but you're um, not scared of rats. I would not want to have that happen. I, I'm not really scared of rats. But a whole shitload of rats. I'm not really scared of snakes either. So um, what are you scared of? What if you were in that situation? What would the um, what would your caregiver have to th- stick into the? Lack of cheese. Yeah, if you told (laughs) you're going to be in this room and you will never have cheese again. No! No! Um, I don't know. I don't know. As far as animals go, I mean, I guess if maybe it would have to be like some sort of uh, maybe like scorpions or something, but the room would have to be completely full of squirrels. Squirrels. (laughs) (laughs) You're like a chew on your nuts. Miniature poodles. Um,. (laughs) <laughs> no, the, 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 uh, I don't know. It'd have to be, yeah, if, if the room was completely full, like the part in, um, uh, not Raiders of the Lost Ark, but, uh, um, the second Indiana Jones where, uh, she has to stick her hand through the fucking bugs. Yeah. That always creeped me out. So if, if the entire room was full of like fucking bugs, that would, that would fucking weird me out. But a, f- a handful of snakes and fucking rats that will probably run away from you anyway didn't really, uh, do anything <laughs> for me. Um, I did. I I like the um, all the secret caverns, secret passageways, and stuff in the house. I thought that was pretty neat. And the butler had a really good line. He said, "A very pleasant, unpleasant feeling to lose the soil under your feet." That was a cool, a cool line. But this this movie surprised me because I thought it was just going to be like the you know a generic horror movie, but it ended up being kind of almost a comedy at times and uh, I really like the sound effects and I mean the the soundtrack and all that stuff and it, it was pretty fun for me so uh, Zom what did you think of it um I was confused at first because I thought this was going to be like a really you know just a straight up horror movie yeah and then as I was going along I'm like okay wait a minute and, and I, I one of my notes is is this a comedy yeah and um then uh, another telling note, which I thought was—I thought this was pretty funny—is uh, where is Scooby Doo? 
<laughs> there you go. It, it reminded me of a Scooby-Doo episode, you know, where those meddling... I would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for those meddling kids. <laughs> uh, and in Ireland, and of course, it's not Scooby-Doo, it's Hero-Doo. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I ha- also had the, the double chop, which as soon as I saw that, I was like, yes! Um, double Now, this, this house that they lived in, uh, Dave and uh, his family... Uh, it was a pretty, you know, uh, nice-looking house, you know, uh, old uh, whatever. Everything's, you know, it's not like today where they make the doors out of, like, uh, just shit. And this one part, this, this top, <laughs> Speaking this of doors. door looked like, yeah, this door looked like it was a <laughs> solid fucking oak, like, just etched and everything. I mean, this thing probably weighed, like, 200 pounds. And he goes to put his shoulder into it. And at first, you could tell, like, when he hit it, that it was the real door. And then they cut and put in the <laughs> fake door. He went through it like shit through a fucking goose, like a god, like it was made out of kindling. Oh, my God, and it's that door wouldn't have even budged if he would have done that. That was hilarious. That door just exploded. <laughs> it exploded. And then um, there was a, a part where uh, the, the henchmen were um, Dr. Mangrove. Something happened to him, and the henchmen were holding him up. And then the cop uh, has his gun, and he goes, uh, hands up! And as soon as they put their hands up, they dropped Dr. Mangrove. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, let's see. He uses the old Nazi line of, uh, I was only carrying out orders. Um, let's see what else do I have down here Klaus is a, has a twin uh, there was a, a, a in in a way it sort of reminded me of uh, Spinel and Maniac when they showed uh, Spinel's room and how creepy it was with all the mannequins and stuff and then you see Dave's room and it's got all these mannequins and it wasn't as creepy as Spinel's like Spinel's probably smelled a lot like just cum and and <laughs> And rotten meat women's rotten heads but uh <laughs> uh let's see the nuts when when they when they were trying to persuade the sister and they were they were you know they the the one uh thing that when he drugged her or no he he put her on this thing and had her legs and her uh wrists uh, bound, and then he comes over with the syringe. That's kind of like a thing from a, a psycho crazy ward movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, he put her in that one room with all the other nuts, and they and there was a whole shitload of them, and they were just like come over. And that, that was kind of creepy. So it, was, it just had a lot of creepy psycho uh, uh, mental hospital kind of horror stuff. But it was mostly funny. And like th- there was one part in the movie where that they. Uh, like Bryn was talking about the music, you know, being kind of like the Avengers or something like that, early yeah. 60s action. And uh, there was one part where I can't remember what happened, but they played almost like a soap, uh, like soap opera uh, uh, music that would be like an organ where it's like. That was, or yeah, something like that. They like, would do that every time when they would show the eyeballs peeking in. Yeah. But anyway, I. It, it wasn't what I expected, and it took me a while to warm up to it because I kept thinking it was going to be this really like a scary old horror movie. And then, because I, I was confused, I was like, "Wait a minute, is this supposed to be funny? Is this?" Fun? And then it just got to where I was like, "Okay, this is like fucking Scooby Doo, uh, uh, kind of a campy, mm-hmm. uh, campy take on a on a on a horror movie." But I thought it was fun. Yeah, I liked it too. Uh, Bryn, what do you rate it? Six point five. Six point five. 
six, seven. I'm, I'm actually pretty close to you. I give it a seven. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the other movie better. I think the other movie was uh, probably better done. But this one, if it had gone more of the uh, path that I was expecting, it probably would have been more of like a six. But um, I really do think it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. You know what? I'm going to say a 7.25. I, I, I liked it quite a bit. So, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd watch this again. I'd show it to people. So, Zom, what did you think? I'd give it a seven. Seven. I thought it was good. I, I cool. it was just it was fun. Yeah. Uh, but like I would I would have liked to have seen uh, Klaus in a straight up, uh, you know, yeah. Movie Klaus. Like I, I wish Klaus was a little creepier than he actually was. Well, I mean, it, he can't be much more creepy than he is in real life. So. Well, yeah, he 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 can't help but always look creepy. But like his his character, Dave, wasn't all. Like, Dave, See, they missed Christ. a trick. They should have at least said, you know, I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. They, they didn't want Klaus. They didn't want Klaus to be typecast. So, you know, they 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 wrote out all the um, like weird incest stuff and everything. <laughs> well, they probably it hadn't happened yet at this point. This is '67, so. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, so cool. Uh, nice scores there. So uh, let's take another break. And I think we only have one feed sack this week, and we'll wrap things up. We'll be right back. Did you know that Asian people prefer being called Orientals? Did you know that Ching Chong, Ting Tong is a respectful salutation in all Asian cultures? Did you know that paper cuts can cause massive arterial sprays in Orientals? No? Well, then you should listen to Podcast Without Honor and Humanity, the Internet's fourth best Asian film podcast. Every week, your host, Jake McLarchuge, will cover two Asian films that can range from the obscure to the notorious, from a Sonny Chiba werewolf film to a splattergore atrocity, from Category 3 to the Korean New Wave and beyond. Tune in at the website, podcastwithouthonorandhumanity.libsyn.com. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Or you can just search Podcast Without Honor Humanity in iTunes. So give Podcast Without Honor Humanity a shot and get cultured. Flawless victory. Hello. Meeny, 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 meeny. Meeny, 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 meeny. Alright, time for that feed sack. We only have one this week. Sheet. Let me flip over here to that and we'll get old Sly out of the way. Here we go. Yeah, it's my birthday. I'm now 67 years old. 
Jesus. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to Sylvester. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Yeah, it's great. You know, I can say, you know, I'm not a little bit disappointed. You guys didn't know the surprise slide double podcast in my honor, you know? But, you know, Dr. Zom did talk about the greatest action movie of all time. Stop on my bubble shoot, you know? It's great. <laughs> I'd love to hear it fucking talk about that. He loved it, you know? He, you know, Dr. Zom loves Sylvester Stallone movies. There's no denying yeah. that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he goes on about how much he hates his Expendables too, but... You know, he watched it for a second time, and he fucking loved it. So, you know, I, he loves Sly, and I love him, you know? And fucking <laughs> love, you know, you can watch fucking Rhinestone again. You'll probably love that shit, you know? Probably, fucking, probably. And make sure you fucking watch Expendables too. You've never fucking watched it yet. You gotta fucking do that, man. You know? Fuck. <laughs> you know, come on, it's my birthday, you know? You can't, you fucking... Should respect your elders, you know. So yeah. Anyway, fucking, and, uh, you know, I'm still in pretty high spirits because my birthday. But you know, it was another thing that happened last week. You know, my pal, fucking Justin Overholt. You know, he paid. You know, <laughs> I'm good friends with him. You know, rather than charge him billions of dollars to record all those fucking adverts for his podcast, you know, Justin Overholt's his brave, You know, I just charged him a couple of million. <laughs> yeah, what does he do? What does he do to slide the irony? You know, he goes, goes in talking about that fucking wrestler and, talk, you know, talking shit about slide. You know, I'm, you know, Justin, that wounds me, man, you know. I know you're the city Mexicans, you know, and I know you love bad movies. But, you know, I think, you know, that that would be that when you watch a great movie, he started me, you know, you fucking love that even better, man. I just think, you know, watching all those bad movies has broken your judgment in fucking good movies, you know? <laughs> now you just think that those kind of wrestling men in the fucking action roles are the best and that slides not as good, you know? Come on, Justin. You need to shake out of that, man. You need to shake out of that. Watch some slide <laughs> movies, you know, you'll fucking love them. I got a bunch of wrestlers and loads of my movies, you know? Rocky Free, I got fucking Hulk Hogan, you know, he's your favorite, I know he is. You know, fucking watch that, Mr. T, he did some of the wrestling, he's in that one as well. Fucking go out and fucking watch Rocky Free, then you'll change your opinions on Sly's films, you know? It's the greatest action movie of all time. You know, uh, yeah, you know... I'm trying to get into a negative place. It's my birthday, you know, I'm 67 years old, you know, fucking great. But, you know, the other thing, you know, Justin, he's like, he feels like one of my great, great, great grandkids, you know. He's so, <laughs> he's not even a kid, he's so young, you know. He's got such a lot of learning to do, you know. And this, you know, that's why I can forgive him, you know. He's going to make these doubles, you know. As he gets older, he'll fucking... Wise up and learn and know, you know, that Sly is the greatest, you know? So, yeah. Well, fucking, what else has been happening, you know? That's it, you know, I've not talked about what I actually did on my birthday, yeah. You know, <laughs> so it was great, you know, I fucking, 
I woke up in the morning at 5 a.m. Fucking ate a bunch of fucking protein. Fucking <laughs> just got straight down to the gym, you know? I fucking had a fucking brilliant workout, you know? There was some weights that were wrapped up in rabbit paper. I wrapped them and it was like, whoa, I got weights for my birthday for myself. <laughs> fucking yeah. I can use these now for five hours. And so I did. And I just carried on working out for the rest of the day, you know? I woke up at 5 a.m. and I woke out and I didn't go to bed until 5 a.m. the next morning, you know? I'm 67 years old and I can do that shit, you know? <laughs> Fucking, that's how good I am, you know? I'm feeling super pumped, I'm feeling great. It's my birthday. I fucking love you guys, you're great. Keep it up, you know, I'm fucking still hoping you might do a surprise slide, like, double bell for my birthday for me, you know, it's great. So, yeah, I think that's about all I gotta say. Oh, I thought he was gonna forget. Uh, yeah, so, sorry, sorry about forgetting your birthday slide. I mean, no, not forgetting, sorry about just not mentioning it. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. we had a party ourselves. Yeah. I'd like to say to, to Sly direct if he's listening, you know, because I watched the documentary The Real Rocky and Pearl. The way that Sly treated Pearl Chuck Wepner and took his whole life so that he could have the wonderful <laughs> career that he's had, and I just think that Sly is a disgrace. Oh, we're doing, yeah. we're doing that. Ooh, whoa, whoa. You know, Pearl Chuck Wepner goes to jail and uh, gives Sly the the fodder so that he can go off and make lock up. Then when he gets out of jail, he becomes an arm wrestling champion. So Sly takes on, <laughs> decides to go off and make over the top, and not even not even a help. And then you know he he thought he'd be nice and put Chuck in Rocky too, but then cut him out of the final cut. So I just think he's a disgrace. Bren, you do. And he can you, take that down to the gym and fucking <laughs> work out work out his fucking issues with Chuck. You know you know you realize you you just doomed us to an eight minute voicemail next. <laughs> Christ. Uh, well, on the other hand, I do like I do like uh, ICU. Or is that ICU? That one, like the thing type one. Insane clown he, posse. No, where where he goes off and he's got a. I haven't like, seen He goes that. to jail in in Antarctica, and there's a serial killer there. <laughs> I have not. And it's seen all that. the people that have got post traumatic stress. It's a good fucking film. So good. Huh. That, that's good, but it doesn't it doesn't excuse the way that you you. You uh, treated Pearl Chuck Webner. Well, we'll 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 cover that as part of our double feature. Um, so cool. Thank you, Sly, and for everybody else that didn't call in this week. <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, so thank you. Next week is uh, our episode one hundred. So it really mm. doesn't mean anything except that it's episode one hundred because two years mm. is actually one hundred four. But mm. we're gonna do our our what it our quarter annual silver and gold double feature so uh long 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 time ago old bernie sticky suggested that we do the henry silva shannon tweed ted Pryor, chad mcqueen direct to video <laughs> possessed by the night from 94 directed by fred olin ray so yeah that's going to be part of our silver and gold double feature next week and we're also going to do the Dolph Lundgren side of things, uh, also with Brandon Lee. Um, is that also from 1994? Showdown in Little Tokyo. Is that from 94? 
Showdown in Little Tokyo uh, is from 91. Excuse me. So, yes, the gold will be Dolph's uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo and Possessed by the Night. Uh, you can always send us feedback to 206-339-1600 or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, find us on iTunes and Facebook and uh, our website at silvaandgold.com and Stitcher. And I'm hungry. Bren, thank you very much for helping us out this week. Um, Would you like to discuss your various ventures? Uh, If you wish, you can all listen to me drone on about crappy horror films (laughs) over at Hamacus. We just passed 100 episodes recently as well. Um, But I'm sort of trying. With with things that go on with, with, with real life, it's hard to get episodes out every... So they'll trickle down, down your pipes every once in a while. Um, and then I have a lot of other crappy films that are on the go, you know, uh, that uh, I have made a feature last year with Bo Hopkins as yes. a barman. And uh, it was shot by uh, Bill Butler, who, who did uh, Jaws and Rocky and all that other stuff. So actually, Rocky, uh, Slice Stallone, you can talk to me about... Uh, some of your collaboration with uh, Bill Butler, because he had given me some tasty quips about your good self <laughs> back in the days <laughs> on Rambo 2, you know? And I'll t- yeah, I'll tell you this story. He told me that because uh, good old Sly was being too uh, emotionally attached to his screaming in, while <laughs> shooting Rambo 2. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And and Bill Butler, because Bill Butler was telling me that I was being too emotionally attached to my jokes. And he told me the story about Sly, and he said, "No." And he was just—he was just screaming too much and, and being too, you know. He was using his swinging his arms around. So he told him the story about when he was on <laughs> The Godfather, and um, oh, what's his name, Duval, and uh, he had told Duval, you know, that he he should, you know, try and just believe the emotion, and then it'll come across on your face, um, which then became Duval's great performance in The Godfather. So then Stallone was able to. You know, use his inner emotion so that he could scream better in Rumble too. Nice, uh, good job, yeah. Sly. <laughs> yeah. So, so there you go. So that's a comparison. Duvall and and uh, Sylvester Stallone from Rocky Two. That's a very those those are very similar Rambo, performances. Rambo Two. Rambo Two. Yeah. What did I say? Same Rocky Two. Oh, Rambo Two. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, and yeah. where can where can we find that movie? Uh, whenever it comes out. Okay. You know, it's sort of hanging around at the moment, trying to get distribution. But uh, I'm sure you'll be able to see it at some point, and you'll get to see me looking like I've just fallen off the Titanic, <laughs> <laughs> telling crappy jokes. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it's called right. Boys at the Bar, and uh, it was it was good fun. So cool. Well, gentlemen, this is about the end of the show. Do you have anything else, Zom? No. All right, Bren. Oh. <laughs> well, until next week with episode 100, this is Loaf Oot. Zam Oot. Ta ta. Bye. Bye. Uh. <laughs>